the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which have you, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, uh, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after the marriage. And then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying coming up to them at that very moment. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. Don't you hate waiting? I I hate waiting. Uh, Most of us, I think, are not very good at waiting. In fact, we have actually revolved our whole culture around not having to wait. Uh, 25 years ago, if we wanted to get on the internet, we would have to go home to our study and get on the uh, behemoth computer that was about the size of me, if you remember those computers, uh, and get on our dial-up modem and listen to our computer make this lovely sound. You remember that? You remember that? If I said that at 5 p.m., no one would know what I'm talking about, but that's cool. It would then take a few minutes, it would move really slowly, so even if you wanted to just look at like one small photo, it would usually take a few minutes. You can go and grab a cup of coffee and come back and it'd still be half loaded or whatever. That was, that was a while ago, but now we can simply just reach into our pockets and get on our 4G and watch videos in seconds, right? We don't, we don't have to wait. 
Uh, and speaking of watching videos and how it relates to waiting, um, a 2015 study done by Microsoft demonstrated that the average uh, attention span of a human is now eight seconds long. Believe that? Eight seconds long. Uh, which means that if you are not captivated by said video within the first eight seconds, we will click on something else, right? If something doesn't grab our attention in eight seconds, we'll, we'll move on to something else. Uh, in America, over the last decade, uh, the internet company Amazon has uh, built massive warehouses all over the country. Um, they spent hundreds of millions of dollars doing this. Why? Well, because more and more customers are willing to pay either for an Amazon Prime membership or to pay extra so that they can receive their products the very next day after they ordered them. Um, so Amazon saw this multi-million dollar warehouse construction investment um, to put all these warehouses in pretty much every U.S. state as a moneymaker in the end for them. Because Americans lack the willingness to wait to receive their books or shoes or laundry powder or whatever. That they had to have it the very next day. Impatience has actually become uh, a virtue in the modern Western world. Uh, so when we have to wait for something, we, we balk and complain and we shake our fists uh, that we have to wait. Uh, the other day, Sean and I were at the Warringah Mall uh, with our kids and we were going down an, an escalator. Um, and we chose to stand there instead of walking down because, you know, we're lazy or whatever. Um, anyway, when we were about like three meters away from the bottom of the, of the escalator, some girl came sprinting down the escalator at full speed um, and uh, caught up with us at the very end and asked us if we could move out of her way so she could literally be where she was going two seconds earlier, right? Now... Before you think too poorly about this girl, just think about your own actions this past week. It's likely that you've honked at someone on the drive to work for not changing lanes fast enough, or you ordered takeout because you didn't want to spend time preparing and, cook and cooking something, or you put on Crocs instead of lacing up your shoes because <laughs> who can be bothered with laces, especially when those rubber things on the end of your feet look so stylish? Now... Um, we are starting a brand new series today on the book of Luke that we're calling We're Not Our Hearts. Um, it comes from a line at the end uh, of Luke's gospel, which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, from the very beginning uh, of the human story, uh, there's been a waiting, a, a crying out for healing, for restoration, for things to be made right. Uh, and at the very end of Luke's gospel, we find uh, the story of two people who are walking away from Jerusalem, away from the death of a dear friend. Uh, they were followers of Jesus who had been waiting. Uh, the thought that he, they thought that he might be the answer to all that they were longing for. But he was gone and, and so was their hope. Until someone walked along the road with them and spoke into their story and every story. They soon realized it was Jesus who entered their space, and in response, they excitedly shouted, Were not our hearts burning within us as he walked along the road and spoke with us? There is something about Jesus uh, that reaches into our hearts, into our deepest longings, and lights them up. The Bible says that Jesus is the one that we are looking for, 
The one where our restless souls can find rest, where our hearts are made alight and our lives are filled with hope and joy and purpose. So starting today and throughout this year, we'll be sort of dipping in and out of Luke throughout the year um, to get a clear picture of who this Jesus is. Uh, And when we see him enter our story and walk along the road with us, that we can experience our hearts burn within us as well. Uh, Which leads us back to this idea of waiting. This is where we started. Uh, In Luke's gospel, we find lots of people who are waiting. Um, Some of them are waiting with hope and and patience uh, in the knowledge of knowing what's coming and and that it's worth it in the end. Others are waiting, but they don't know why or what they're waiting for. Still others long to stop their waiting altogether. Like us, they they want and need something right now to, to fix them, to guide them, to intrigue them, to provide whatever it is that they're looking for. Well, in the passage that was read uh, for us earlier by uh, two very talented Bible readers, um, we met two people uh, in this story who have been waiting. Uh, and not like eight seconds waiting type of waiting. Uh, two people who have been waiting for decades upon decades. Waiting and longing and hoping and praying for years and years and years and years. Now, I don't know if I've ever waited that long for something, to wait decades for something. Uh, I don't know if I'd be able to wait that long for something, to be honest. So who are these people, and what in the world actually made them wait for something that long? Well, after Jesus is born, we are told, his parents bring him to the temple in Jerusalem. And Luke tells us that they do this because uh, they were good Jewish people, and all good Jewish people uh, take the Jewish law seriously. That meant that they brought their baby Jesus to the temple in order to dedicate him to God, to say, God, this this child is yours. Verse 27 in Luke 2 tells us that Mary and Joseph, while Mary and Joseph are doing this, there's a man there. Uh, His name is Simeon. We are told in verse 25 that Simeon was a righteous and devout man. He loved God and God's spirit was on him. This was a man of God. Uh, Luke tells us also that Simeon had been waiting, but waiting for what? Uh, The text tells us that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, explaining that phrase uh, means, uh, is probably an entire separate sermon in and of itself. But for the sake of brevity, Simeon was an Israelite. Uh, His land, Israel, had been occupied for territory, uh, had been occupied. in occupied territory for centuries. Um, the majority of the last 700 years, Israel had been under the thumb of foreign governments, never free. And in that space of time, the Jewish people have been praying and waiting and, and hoping that God will come and he will restore his kingdom and his people, that the enemies would be conquered and, uh, and the world and human hearts will live at peace with one another and with God again. Uh, Many people heard the call of the prophets, believed that God would eventually return himself one day. And so they eagerly awaited God's return. But years had gone by, decades, centuries passed, and still God had not come. But Simeon didn't give up hope. And when he saw this newborn Jesus, God gave Simeon a gentle nudge. Hey, Simeon, that's the one. And Simeon runs up to Mary and Joseph, and he 
prize Jesus from their arms, and he kind of sings this song, as you do, if you've been waiting that long. And what his song basically says is this. God, you promised me that I would get to see the day when salvation would come, when my waiting would be turned into sight. This is the one who will reconcile all people from every nation back to you, and now I can finally die because my wait is over. It's, it's finally happened. Then Simeon hands Jesus back to his parents and says that this child would cause the rising and falling of many, and that uh, hearts would be revealed. Uh, there is something about this child that will be divisive. Some who have been waiting will find in him what they are looking for. Others will see Jesus and be disinterested. They will click onto something else and grab their attention in eight seconds or less. Uh, they will turn away and wait for a better offer, something shinier or flashier or instantaneous or pleasurable or easy. But, he says, despite that, despite this change of reaction that different people will be having to this baby, he is the one that every human soul needs, even you, he says to Mary and Joseph. And with that, the scene quickly changes. Simeon disappears, uh, and we never hear anything about him ever again. It's funny how the Bible works like that. But right away, someone else has been waiting in the Jesus queue, um, a prophet named Anna. We're told that she's a widow. She's 84 years old, and she had lots of excuses why she should be impatient and turn to any other offers that were out there. I think if that was me and that was what my life looked like, I think I'd maybe get tired of waiting for this thing that had been promised but hadn't come and might turn to something else. But despite being alone, despite losing her husband, she remained at the temple, a place thought to be where God himself dwelt. She didn't want to leave. She came there night and day to worship the Lord and pray. And as soon as Simeon departs, Anna begins to praise God and starts telling everyone around her about this Jesus. The crowd around her, we are told, were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Um, like Simeon, um, others had come to the temple looking for something. They were, they were there. They were longing and waiting for a day when all the wrongs would be made right, when all their brokenness would turn into beauty, uh, when weeping would turn into joy, where their restless souls could find rest. So Anna, upon seeing Jesus, shouts out, just like Simeon, He is the one! He is the one we've all been waiting for! And now whether the crowd responded or not, we don't know. Luke never tells us. Maybe like Simeon's words, some who were there who listened did. They bought in and they wanted to, they wanted to see Jesus for themselves. And maybe others were like, eh, no, not interested. But for these two, Anna and Simeon, there was something about Jesus that they knew deep down into the very core of their being that something had changed. There was something about this Jesus even when he was only an infant, that they realized that all their hopes, dreams, and longings were met in him. Uh, through the Bible, we see this twofold trend happening. That there are those who pursue God, who bring their baggage and their pain and their hopes and dreams to him, hoping that in God is where they will find rest, a future, uh, purpose, community, love, acceptance, forgiveness. And when people do that, like Simeon, like Anna, 
When they go after Jesus, there is something inside of them that says, now that I have met Jesus, nothing else matters. I can die happy because I found myself in him. But then there are those who meet Jesus and, well, they're not convinced. Uh, Maybe they think this whole God business is just a crutch. Maybe they don't find Jesus attractive or convincing enough. Uh, Maybe they they think they're doing just fine without him. Maybe they think they've got too much going on or too much baggage or too much hurt that they can't bring themselves to God because it's easier just to keep going the, the, the way that they're going. And I, and I get all of that. I, I, I get it. I do. Uh, this Jesus thing is hard and seems crazy at times. And, and often I have lots of questions and wonder why things are still broken um, in the world and in my own heart. And it, it's costly to believe in Jesus. It's costly to our relationships. It's costly to our time. It's costly to our budget. It's costly to my freedom to do whatever it is I feel like doing. And I often wonder, uh, honestly, if other people have it better off. If I just didn't go after Jesus and just... Maybe do they have they have it better off to to let to let impatience rule the day and do whatever I feel like in the moment until the day I die instead of waiting on a God who I can't see who's made promises that seem far off. Don't you ever think that? Sometimes I do. But then I look around me. Uh, I see that despite living in a world where we can have every desire uh, met in an instant, I don't see a world free of pain or suffering or difficulty. In fact, I see lots of lonely people. I see lots of rushed people. I see lots of stressed people. I see a world of incredible wealth and incredible poverty, uh, living side by side but don't share what they have in common. I see people who create villains across their screens instead of um, engaging in dialogue and understanding. I see amazing technology... Um, being produced all the time, but more isolation, more sickness, and less authentic community. Despite all this beautiful world has to offer, it can't offer us anything close to what people like Simeon, like Anna, like the men on the road to Emmaus have found in Jesus. And I look within myself, and I know that that's, that's something I want and need. Less brokenness and pain and confusion and more joy and peace and meaning. If there is something about this Jesus that meets those, our deepest longings, isn't he someone worth exploring? So, uh, I want to invite you to join me this year as we find out uh, what it, uh, this Jesus is, who this Jesus is, and what is it about him that made hearts burn within. What made two people eagerly wait for so long and then shout for joy um, in front of countless amounts of people that they finally found him? They finally found everything that they're looking for. What has made people for thousands of years give up their time, their money, their desires, their plans, and even their lives for this person called Jesus? My hope is that in walking the road with Jesus, we will experience our hearts burn within us as well. Um, in, in just a minute, we're going to hear from Gary and Ruth Kidd, and uh, they're going to share their story of uh, how they have found Jesus in a world that they're living in where people are waiting and longing and hoping for more as well. 
But for us, I want to be challenged that if Jesus is that, shouldn't we pursue him with all we've got? Let me pray. God, your word says you have not abandoned us. You promise you will come and make everything in this world and in our hearts right again. We are people who have a hard time waiting. But you say that in Jesus, the wait is over. Our everything can be found in him. We pray that we would see what it was about Jesus that made people like Simeon and Anna wait for decades. And we pray that we, despite our restlessness and impatience, will be awed and overcome by joy and peace and purpose because we have found Jesus. May we today, this week, month, and year keep returning to Jesus and by doing so, find all in him. And it's in Jesus' amazing name that we pray. Amen.